Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Trevor Lane here. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, does Memphis love John Morant again or what? <laughs> After that last night, the buzzer beater to beat the Phoenix Suns. Incredible stuff from, from Jaw and came right after a big shot by Devin Booker. Basketball can be fun despite the, uh, the pain that both you and I have felt with our individual teams. <laughs> That's it, man. I tweeted last night that the best decision I ever made was loving the game over a team. And, uh, and that's, uh, it's paid off because the the Celtics lose in absolutely ridiculously embarrassing fashion. I turned the channel and watched uh, Warriors or excuse me Suns Grizzlies, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was great game. You know, lots of you know fun stuff down the stretch and incredible shots by Booker and uh, and Jaw. So you know, it's uh, yeah. And as uh, many uh, folk from Memphis told me, it was only a couple idiots who said that to John Morant. <laughs> right. So, so we'll, 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 we'll take it. We'll, we'll believe that Memphis loves him. Cause I, I have come across far more people who do than don't. So I think that's uh, definitely a truth. Keith, that was just, that was the basketball gods lifting you up in a time when you needed them the most. They came <laughs> along it. and said, Nope, Nope, Nope. We're going to remind you basketball can still be fun. Yeah, absolutely. This year, it's been far more fun when I watch anything but a Celtics game. So that's uh, that, that, that's good. I can't I can't even uh, you know say that that it's less enjoyable to watch the Orlando Magic uh, in quotations because you know that they're, they're just a mess of injuries and illnesses and absences. So, uh, but at least it's you know a bunch of guys that are scrapping out there and trying hard. That. I, if anybody's really interested, you can go read an article I wrote this morning on Celtics blog about the game last night. But it really, I didn't focus a lot on that because what's there to say when you lose to a team that played a whole bunch of their deep reserves and G League call ups and all this other stuff? And the Celtics had more than enough to win that game, and they just didn't. They they again fell apart uh, late in the game, and it's it's time for them to start asking some uh, very serious questions. And even if the answers are crappy ones you don't want to hear so sometimes those are that's the time when you need to ask them the most so it's, uh, as i've said on the show multiple multiple times the trailblazers and pacers are uh, entering the chunky lemon milk phase <laughs> of uh, existence the celtics aren't too far behind that because they just this core is just not going to get it done uh, the way way it is, and that's not. This isn't a trade Tatum, trade Brown article. It wasn't me saying that at all. Go read it. It's just they they need to start asking some difficult questions. Well, I, yeah, I mean, there's a certain point where the chemistry just isn't there. If it's not working, it's not working, and so you have to change something. Something something needs to be be switched out, and. Um, that may be where my Lakers are at as well. Um, we'll get into a, a little media availability session that we did yesterday with Russell Westbrook. My goodness. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on talking about that for a few minutes though. Let's, let's yeah, start. Let's talk other stuff. Let's, let's talk other stuff that, first. Then, then we'll do something fun at the end or hopefully, I don't know. We'll so, see. <laughs> sounds like a plan. Let's start with the NBA reducing their quarantine to six days now. Rather than 10, there's been a push to try to get players back on the floor faster, specifically players who are asymptomatic, to get those players back out there. And so now they will reduce their quarantine to six days. And that's going to help. You mentioned you know, the Wolves having this team that was a lot of their deep reserves and things of that nature. We've seen a lot of teams have to sign hardship players, and those guys get actual meaningful minutes. This should help reduce that. And you should see more teams out there with their regular players because of now guys only having to quarantine for six days instead of 10. 
Yeah, it's it's huge for teams because we've seen so many of these players have taken a social media. Uh, Trey Young was the latest one mm-hmm. saying, like, I'm, I'm fine. I feel good. He actually returned last night for the Hawks after returning to negative tests. Um, if there's anytime testing goes up, which we're in the daily testing phase now that started the day after Christmas, it's going to continue into just after the first of the year. Um and well, one of the things that they they really looked at is when you add that many tests, you're going to add the chance of false positive tests mm-hmm. as well. And there's a bunch of players that are saying, hey, if I can you know, do this, I need to go. But beyond that, because that's always been in place, there's also the guys who are saying, yeah, I tested positive, but I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted in some cases. Yeah. And I feel fine. Uh, the in. The NBA's kind of following the science here. They're even being a little more uh, 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 cautious, I guess, yeah. is, is you know how I want to put it, because they're doing six days where the CDC is now saying if you're vaccinated and boosted and you test positive, you only need to isolate for five days because that's basically should get you past the um, infection period um, where, where you can pass it on to others. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of these guys. It's going to be a lot more now, my guess is, like the idea of they have the flu. And, yeah. you know, guys get the flu and that they're out sometimes for two, three days, uh, you know, maybe or sometimes maybe in two, three games, which, you know, takes you through about a you know, four or five day period. And that's probably where we're headed for the NBA. Now, to specify, we're not pulling a LeBron here and saying that it's the same no, as the flu or a cold. What Keith it's is saying is, is the, the, yeah, the absence length would be similar yeah. to the flu. Not saying that, it, that the... Correct. COVID itself is the flu or anything yeah. like that. That's yeah, not take, the message we're putting COVID out there. COVID <laughs> still. You know, I mean, it's still, you know, I yes. mean, there's still, you know, lots of people getting very sick. And fortunately, people are still dying from it. So, you know, we want to be be really smart about the way we handle it. But, yeah, I th- think the league is moving towards what public policy now mm-hmm. is going to be as well as what their players really, really want. And, and I, I have a hard time going against that it's just you know and also the reality is they don't want to keep hosting all these games with these you know half g league rosters because it's just not it's you know it really who loses is the fans because it's you know it's tough now some really cool fun stories coming out of this some of these g league guys have played really well we talked about alfonso mckinney uh came up and Played well enough to get a contract from the Bulls, which is awesome to see. Uh, Greg Monroe back in the league, he absolutely yeah. tore up the Celtics, almost had a triple-double. Uh, did you see his quote after the game? I didn't. What, what did he say? <laughs> so so Jalen Noel for the Wolves, probably not a name a lot of people know, unless you're a Wolves fan or really a hardcore fan. He's a deep uh, reserve guard mm. for, for Minnesota. He went off. He had a huge game. And uh, post-game, Greg Monroe, podium game for greg monroe uh was asked uh you know what about jalen jalen noel's game and he goes man jalen noel was awesome but i gotta be honest i didn't know who he was until today <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and he they also chris finch the wolves coach told the story about he met greg monroe only about two and a half hours before tip off uh by the time monroe got in and then they have so many big guys out that he was like Here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep it really simple. They basically played 2-3 zone the entire time Monroe was in the game. And they put him out there. And then they said, you know what to do on offense. Just kind of play out of the post or uh, play, play, play as a high post passer. And that's what he did. And he almost uh, you know, racked up you know, pretty good numbers doing it. So Yeah, here yeah. you go. Go go play basketball, right? I mean, that's, that's what they yeah. had to do. I mean, even look at um, similar at the Atlanta Hawks. 
they yep. the Lakers just a few days ago waived Shondi Brown, and he started for <laughs> the Hawks started. last night yep. because they've after got after he signed that morning. Yeah, he signed that morning, and then he's in there as a starter, put up nine boards. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is we've seen some crazy stuff, and this is part Keith. This is part of why the NBA had to put in that rule of if if a you sign a player, they have to be available for your next game, a hardship contract. Because you could see where there would be a competitive advantage if a team was able to delay signing hardship players, do something in order to get their game postponed, because teams don't want to play games like this where you're just throwing a guy out there. As fun as the Greg Monroe story is and everything, of course, but teams don't want to play games under no. that type of situation. So the, the closer we get to having players back and in action and not having so many guys out, the better it's going to be for everybody involved, including just the competitive nature of the NBA. Yeah, and also fully recognizing that Twitter is not always the best representation of real life, but it is sometimes, I think, a good subset of how people are feeling. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people, you're probably getting them in your mentions too, that are saying to me, uh, you know, who's paying to go to these games? Like, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't want to pay to to go watch these. And I think that's, that's a, an issue, right? You, you don't want to have that, you know, when there's a million other valid reasons to have attendance issues, the NBA doesn't need to give another one of, you know, Hey, brave all that other crap. Come on out and watch, and watch three guys that you probably know. Right. Yeah. Like for, you know, NBA prices, because they're not discounting tickets or uh, concession prices or anything. So it, it's just add it all up, put it together. They have to. They, these moves make sense for all kinds of reasons. And once you start seeing things make sense for all kinds of reasons, it, it's time to make a policy change. Absolutely. Absolutely. A um, little bit of fun got taken away from us. Anthony Tolliver tested positive yeah, and so he unfortunately does not join the new orleans pelicans which means he doesn't tie the record for the number of teams a player has played on but again i mean the, given the way things are going right now it's entirely possible that he gets signed by another team within a few days as soon as he can clear protocols and all of that yep. but for right now unfortunately he will not join the new orleans pelicans yeah and this is just a reality of we we don't need to be bringing in a guy to then put him right in the health and safety protocols. And the Pelicans are already down a handful of players that they're kind of on the more, uh, I guess the best way to put it is the front end uh, of the, the COVID mm -hmm. um, outbreak. I get outbreaks, not the right term because we don't know how bad it'll get, but they're on the front end of dealing with it compared to some of these other teams. And we've seen generally it's not one or two guys. It usually ends up closer to four or five yeah. per team as it kind of runs through the team uh, there. So they're, 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 they're probably being smart enough by saying like, yeah, we, we've got to, you know, make sure we, we are keeping these spots for guys who are really going to come in and do it. And the reality is it also, there's just not a lot of reason to pay a guy if he can't actually play for you. That, that, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So before we get into the Russell Westbrook stuff, uh, let's do something. Let's talk about something positive, something else that's kind of fun. Uh, Kemba Walker and uh, SGA, Shea Gilders Alexander, were named player of the week. Players of the week, I suppose I should say. Yeah. Kemba was out of the rotation not long ago for the Knicks, <laughs> and here he is yep. winning player of the week. Pretty pretty cool, you know, redemption story here for, for Kemba Walker. So that's, again, another example of how basketball can be fun. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome. You know, I think uh, whether it's motivated by wanting to stick it to Tom Thibodeau mm-hmm. and and uh, you know or not or whatever, but it's really cool that he is uh, playing this well. It's good good to see, and uh, you know, I think it's the realities the Knicks need guards right now with between injuries and guys out with COVID. So. Get Kemba back in there, and, and my, my guess is now he's in there to stay. You know, you might need to work around some defensive issues for sure uh, with a backcourt of him and Evan Fournier, but th- that's, you know, hopefully now kind of what we said at the beginning of the year, remember, of their offensive upgrades should hopefully o- offset any kind of defensive drop-off. Hopefully that's what happens, and, you know, Kemba's able to keep going, and the, uh, the um, you know, Knicks can't. Uh, Start playing better, I guess. As I was going to say, continue to play well, but start playing better is uh, better phrasing there, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's something where, especially for a guy in Kemba's position, where he goes to the Knicks specifically, wants to go back and play for that team, and then to find himself in the position where he's out of the game, where he's not being played, he's, he's just benched. To have this kind of a comeback, it's it just adds a little bit more to it, uh, makes it a bit more special. I mean, we were thinking that his time in New York might be over, right? That's that's it seemed yep. like where this was headed, and so to see this this complete one eighty, it's it's very very cool. Yeah, big, big time. Yeah, it is. You're you're spot on with that. Yeah, you want to see you know these guys again. We always talk about it. Guys go out on their own terms, right? Mm-hmm. We we want to see see that, and it's not that Kemba's done by no. any means because clearly not if you're winning player of the week you're, you're not done but but it, it was good to see him deal with it you know he's honestly you're not supposed to have favorites in what we do but he's one of my favorite guys i've ever covered because he was always accountable but always realistic always you know kept a smile on his face just just a real stand-up guy so um you know i find myself rooting for him to to really play well so uh, i'm happy to see it all right well, let's get into it. Russell Westbrook. Um, we did a media availability yesterday, and um, Russell Westbrook was the first one in, in to talk. After him was David Fisdale, and he's um, Fisdale is very he's very real with you. He's very upbeat, tends to be very positive about stuff, and and tells it pretty much like like it is, but does try to put a positive spin on things, for better or worse, right? But uh, Russell Westbrook. You kind of get the sense when you're interviewing Russell Westbrook that he doesn't want to be there, that he's not super excited about being interviewed, in particular when he was just coming off of a poor performance, right? Uh, Christmas mm-hmm. Day against the Nets, he shot four for 20. Almost all of those shots, except for four of them, were at the rim, and he still was was four for 20. So this was a, a particularly bad shooting performance from Russell Westbrook. And then uh, he was asked, the question was, was posed to him. You've heard from the coaching staff that number one, we, you know, let Russ be Russ. We want you to be you, which tends to mean like be aggressive, but you've also heard, well, the most talented player on the team is the open man. So do those two things conflict? Do you feel like you're hearing two different things? That was the question that was asked to him. And then he responded saying, listen, at this point, nah, I just do what I can for the betterment of the team. Everybody wants me to do certain things. Fizz, Frank, Everybody wants me to do this, but then they all want me to do this. Honestly, I'm over the whole situation of what everybody else wants me to do and what they think I should be doing. I'm going to go in and play and do uh, what I know how to do best. Uh, He went on and explained that he thinks people are expecting him to drop 25, 15, and 15 and and all these other sorts of things. But 
it was interesting that he pretty much said, you know, I, I'm I'm over the situation where people are telling me what to do, specifically when he had just been talking about the coaches asking him to do different things out on the floor because it makes it sound like he's tuning out coaches. Now, again, he didn't specifically say that, but the context makes it come off that way. Um, it was an interesting moment, one that definitely as we were, as he was saying these things, all of us that were, that were interviewing him kind of stepped back and went, whoa, you know, what, what is he, what is he trying to say here? But nonetheless, Russell Westbrook, uh, not, not a happy, happy camper at the moment. Yeah, I think it is more telling that this wasn't immediately after a game. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times when we talk to players immediately after a game, it's 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 a really tough spot because it, it's it's everything is so raw. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, you know, it's, it's stuff like I always think it's I, I, I get it because you that's often when they're the most honest. So you want to get get those reactions. But it, it's really hard, you know, and it's. And it works the other way too. You know, they, they win a big game and they're like, yeah, we're the best, you know, right. look at how great we are. And it's like, yeah, okay. You know, but it's, um, I, so I think that part of it, that he clearly had a whole, you know, day or plus. So to kind of breathe and process, let it, you know, yeah, exactly. Let it process and figure it out. Um, I thought the part towards the end of the, everyone wants me to put up 25, 15 and 15. It shows no, they don't. That's exactly, exactly what people are saying is they don't want that. Maybe the 15 and 15 part, sure. But the the 25 part, that's not like no one's asking for that anymore. I think I just think it's it's gotten to a point where in this is the Celtics guy saying this, whose team is a tire fire as well. Um, everything we thought how it might go poorly for the Lakers has gone poorly for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They've had injuries. They've looked old and Russell Westbrook's fit has been weird there. It's just one of those things where it's, yeah, you could say, well, we all saw all of this coming and yeah, we all thought it all might all could happen, but all of it actually happening. That's going a little far. I don't, I don't think anybody expected to see it all go that way. Right. Especially on the, you know, like the injury front, and like Trevor Reza being injured, okay. But then you've also had all of, you know, Kendrick Nunn has been injured yeah. the entire season. Taylor Horton Tucker getting injured. It's been a lot of the young guys that have been been injured, which is what not yeah. what you would expect. And then, of course, you know, dealing with health and safety protocols and all those yeah. sorts of things as well. But you're right. That part grabbed me as well. Thinking that people are expecting him to average 25, 15, and 15, I that's not what let Russ be Russ means to I think any with the coaches to any fan out there. I mean, maybe there are some there are Russell Westbrook fans, and that's an interesting subset by itself. Sure. There are yeah. Russell Westbrook fans who maybe they're hoping to to see that. But for the most part, people don't want him to put up 25, 15, and 15. That's not what they want at all. They just want him aggressive, attacking, and then opening things up from there for other players. And that's that's really what it is. And I think that was that was probably the correct way to deal with with this question is to explain that the idea of let Russ be Russ and hitting the open man, the most talented player being the open man, those two things aren't necessarily opposed to each other. Uh, we saw it 
what a week and a half ago or whatever when when Austin Reeves hit the three to, to win the game uh, against the Mavs it was Russ attacked collapsed the defense kicked out to an open Austin Reeves who, who knocked down the shot because that was the open man that was it exactly that's Russ being Russ and drawing in the defense and making the smart basketball play and so uh so the, those two things aren't necessarily opposed but instead he took the opportunity to kind of lash out and make it sound like well i'm tired of people telling me you know what to do or how to play or, or any of that sort of thing and particularly when it's in reference to the coaches and and then you mentioned the 25 15 and 15 thing it's there's a disconnect it feels like to me it, yeah. it just that answer just suggests there's a there's a disconnect where from between what russ thinks is being asked of him and what think what he thinks people want from him <laughs> both fans and coaches and whatever and what most actually want from him yeah i think the challenge for Russell Westbrook at this point is it's really hard to ask a player to change this deep into sure. their career. It's just very, very hard. And he, I've never felt at any point that Russell Westbrook was a selfish player. No. If anything, the only time I ever felt he was selfish was when he was chasing that first triple double season and the Thunder clearly did everything everything they could to make sure he got the rebounds is including all, you know, everybody would block out and let rebounds that they should have probably just grabbed fall. So he could get it. So those ones I'm like, all right, I, I get it. I get right. it. Right. I understand that part of it, but as far as him, you don't average the number of assists he does as a selfish player. Um, and this is somebody who I, I mean, don't have anything to back because it wasn't Twitter back then, but uh, Rondo was kind of selfish with assists at times. He'd go hunting assists assist hunting, versus yep. just taking, you know, layups and, you know, things like that. And it was in at times it was to the detriment of the Celtics. And it was one of those things where, uh, when he was a young player, KG Pierce and Ray Allen really kind of let him have it pretty regularly of, Hey man, you gotta like shoot when you're open. Like, like we can't be, be doing this stuff um but i never felt that with russ i always felt like his assists were he wasn't hunting him he was no. making the right play i think he has a misplaced sense of confidence in his jump shot especially i think that's it and i think as he has slipped just a little bit athletically it's made it harder for him to finish around the rim mm -hmm. and it's just he's not he's yeah can he still bring it on occasion sure but that's like once every other game versus the multiple times a game where it used to be men just he was up there with like lebron and a couple others of don't get in front of him on the break yeah. he's just gonna go right through you on his way to the rim and i just i i think it's a combination of the fit is weird it's hard to ask a player to be something that they're not this deep in his career in his own uh, lack of self-admission of maybe i just i'm not the same player i once was and that's the the can it change Sure. Do I think it's going to? Probably not. Well, and that's, you know, you mentioned the athleticism that he front rimmed a dunk in the, in the crucial moments in the fourth quarter against the Nets. Um, yeah. he, you know, he went for what would have just been this, this highlight real play, caught the front of the rim on it, just, yeah. uh, just didn't have that, that explosion. So, uh, but you, you talk about, can he be the guy that he now needs to transition into being in terms of understanding that the athleticism might be starting to wane a little bit and then you adjust as you go and you know what? look the the great players have managed to do that right look at lebron's game is different now than it was 10 years ago because it's adjusted kobe bryant adjusted michael jordan adjusted right all the greats have figured out ways to adjust and for some guys that might mean adjusting into being 
maybe more of a, a role player. And I'm not saying Westbrook would just be a role player. Maybe if that, he'd be a very high level one, I would think, because he's still extremely talented. But you look at, I mean, even on the Lakers, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, both those guys had to go through adjustments into being now a role player and no longer the go-to 1A guy on their team. And that's not always an easy adjustment to make. That's a very difficult thing. Some guys can't do it. Look at Vince Carter. He managed to do it, right? And maybe to a greater degree than we've seen previously, where he totally took a back seat and was totally fine, just wanted to be around the game. And, you know, you got to commend him for it. Other guys were not able to do that. I don't know which direction Russell Westbrook is going to go, but I think that's a bridge he's going to have to cross pretty soon because I don't know that he can still be that super high level Russell Westbrook forever you know not for the next yeah. four years or, or whatever like that's if he's not there right now which i think is debatable that's going to be a bridge that he's going to have to cross within the next few seasons yeah and in the tough thing is i don't know that that happens this year yeah. i think it's just it's that that's a there it almost has to be you have to really fail to really look at it and have that kind of deep self uh you know look self-reflection um of you know where am i at where where are things going and go go from there and it's it is you know i I think it's one of those things that like i think about chris paul a lot with this yes over the last few years chris paul has really kind of played it as far as hey everybody else is gonna do the do the things now I'm still going to be here and I'll be here at the end of the game when you need me now, different player, right? He's always a better mm-hmm. shooter than Westbrook has been and those kind of things. But, but I just think the way he has balanced his play now of, yeah, I'm going to be here when you need me, but I don't need to be the guy like it was back in the Clippers days where everything runs through me and I do all of it. Like, I just think that that has changed. I think DeMar DeRozan completely changing his game mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. We, we've seen guys, even LeBron, has you know changed and tweaked his game to to some extent now i mean that's an unfair comparison to make because he was just so great compared to everybody else that i mean a small tweak for him isn't doesn't seem like a huge deal but but he's changed his game yeah it just everybody has to get there i mean it's the 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 old saying father time comes for all of us Mm -hmm. like it's it is true like it's not like you guys are stretching it longer than they ever have better deeper older than, than we've ever seen but eventually you you got to change or or you're just going to be out of the league we we see it every year there's a whole bunch of guys who are out of the league and then people are like man what happened to that guy like why is he you know out well because he didn't change usually he's still the same player who's trying to be before and it's just not good enough now i i will say coach fizdale brought this up said you know if you look at russell westbrook's shot chart from that game against the Nets, which is what that poor performance against the Nets is what sparked all of this. Um, Three three three-pointers attempted, one mid-range jumper, 16 Mm -hmm. shots at the rim. Now, he only made four of those 16, missed all the jumpers, only made four of 16 shots at the rim. That's terrible. That's, I mean, that's horrifically bad. But he also said, look, but isn't that also what you want out of Russell Westbrook in terms of a shot chart? And you would have to assume that if you did that over the course of a season... Mo- he's going to make more of those of those shots. So sure. perhaps that was already an adjustment being made by him. If you're getting a lot of Westbrook at the rim, in general, that's going to be a positive and a better version of him than the Westbrook that's shooting a lot of long jumpers. So 
We'll yep. we'll see where it goes from here. He, he, you know, who knows? He could come out tonight and have this have a great game against the Houston Rockets, and uh, and and all is forgotten. But we'll we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, he, like I said, he did did not seem to be thrilled with the notion that people were not happy with the way he's been been, been performing or his production or or the way that he's approached the game so far. Yeah, and it's it like I said, it's hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really hard when you've been, you know, even when there's been criticism of him, he's kind of always risen above it and performed well. And, you know, yeah, here yep. here we are. So, yeah, I I get it. I understand why it's, you know, difficult for him, uh, you know, to, to you know, accept that maybe it's just a different time now. I, I'm thinking is the best way to, to put that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. We'll wrap things up. We've got uh, Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton entering health and safety protocols. So that'll be a bit of a test for the Suns. Um, the Suns had some other players in protocols, didn't they? Previous to this? Uh, yeah, Jay Crowder. That's right. And Crowder. Alfred Payton. So, but for the most part, they, they lost Devin Booker due to that hamstring injury for a bit. But the Suns have been somewhat I have not been hit quite as hard as some other teams have. Hopefully this doesn't turn into a bigger thing on their team. But, uh, I mean, Monty Williams at Aiton, those are some big losses there. JaVale McGee is going to have to be called upon to fill in in the middle for them. And he's done so admirably whenever Aiton has been been out. But, uh, yeah, those those two guys out for the Phoenix Suns, that's going to be tough. And then, of course, losing. And they're headed know, east, too, yes. on a road trip. So that's that makes it even tougher. Mm-hmm. And, then, and again, they lost at the buzzer last night to the Memphis Grizzlies, a scrappy Grizzlies team. Uh, we also have a, a bit of news here on Kyrie Irving. Said he still needs a week or two to ramp up before we'll see him back out there on the floor. So it's not Kyrie season yep. just yet, but we're not far off from it. Yeah, I, I think the Kyrie stuff, when, when I th- think about that, it is, it's, that can't be a criticism that he needs time. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, no. that's just yeah. the, the reality is, I mean, the guy hasn't played now in a while. So he's, of course, he's going to need some time to, to get ready. And then just as he was getting ready, he got shut down. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, there's a lot of valid reasons we can criticize Kyrie Irving and we could spend an entire uh, episode just doing that. We're not going to, um, but we could, uh, this is not one of them. Yeah. Just, you know, Get, get him back and man, did you see James Harden last night starting to look pretty good starting to look very um, James Harden-esque yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll now let's see what it looks like when they're all together mm-hmm. and you know I expect it to be a little bumpy because it's just you know it's, it's going to be but uh but yeah the, the Nets are starting to look good the Bucks are starting to look pretty good yep. uh yeah I think some of some of the teams we thought would be contenders are starting around in a form for sure yeah, yeah, and then this is one thing that we've seen pretty consistently too. Is sometimes the guys who are in health and safety protocols, when they exit protocols, they need another day or another. Yep. Sometimes they miss another game because they have to get their legs back under them. You know, I talked to one, yep. I talked to one agent who said that their concern is that their guy's been out for ten days due to health and safety protocols. Said he hasn't been able, can't do anything. Yeah. So that's that's you know a week and a half of no physical activity what's completely shut down to then get go okay here you're back in an NBA game go 100 miles an hour that sometimes is a lot to ask so some players need a little bit more time and with Kyrie then you add in that he hasn't played all season and then had to shut things down for health and safety protocols not a surprise at all that he would need a week or two to to fully ramp things back up 
And then that's just going to be a situation where we're going to have to monitor with them only playing in road games too. Mm, yep. What does that look like? You know, how much is it, you know, is it throwing the nets off, you know, game, game to game and those kind of things. And I know people have said it's, you know, it's not a few people have thrown it at me. Well, didn't the Celtics do this with Kemba? And I was like, well, he only didn't play back to backs. So that was, but yeah, to some extent, but that was like, uh, that's different. Uh, that's different than, you know, mm-hmm. all right, we just went out. We won a big game on the road. Now we come home and can't play. And now we got to do this. And, right. You know, it's just, it, it's just, maybe it's fine i don't know you know we'll we'll see we'll you know out. maybe uh you know maybe he's great because he only is playing half the games the rest of the way and he you know he's healthy and fresh and ready to go and they're dominant in those road games we'll, we'll, we're gonna find out that's right that's right all right i think that about does it for today everybody we appreciate you joining us as always we appreciate all of our subscribers too we're getting closer to thirteen thousand. so if you wouldn't mind over on the the nba front office youtube channel hit that subscribe button turn on notifications as well if you're listening to the podcast version of this make sure you do follow us over on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you do listen to podcasts Till next time everybody stay safe and see you